Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Praise the Lord. It's wonderful to be here with you and uh, to be here in Shalhaber. And I did feel, you know, when I was quite some time ago, I was asked to come and I just felt I was to be here at this time. And uh, I don't go everywhere, but I feel the Holy Spirit. I feel it's a time in this city. I think you with your, uh, what you have going in this city and uh, something special and uh, keep it up. And, uh, you know, I saw, a, I had a dream once, I was sharing with Pastor today, that I was sitting in heaven and I was looking down at earth and I was laughing like anything and I, I looked across and I saw all these ministers. We were about two years, we've been going 20 years in ministry and uh, I looked across and saw these ministers looking at one another and they, they were looking in at one another and seeing how many in your church and what's happening in this church and that church. And I was sitting up there and I thought, boy, this is more competitive than the tennis circuit. <laughs> and, uh, and it was because a woman being in ministry and you're in a man's world, really. And, uh, but I was sitting there and I, I just, they were looking in instead of looking out. And see, so you're looking at your city, not looking at your own little plot, you're looking at the big garden. And uh, I said to the Lord, it was so joyous where I was, and I said, why can't we be that joyous, uh, you know, down on earth? And he said, Margaret, the only reason you're here is because of my name. Not because you're COC, not because you're faith, not because you're Baptist, not because you're AOG or anything else. He said, the only reason we're in heaven is because of his name. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? He is the only blood that's shed, and his name is above all names. It's not our theologies. We will never agree on theologies on the earth, and I think it's time for the church to wake up and to grow up and look at the city and be a voice for the city. And uh, I think, you know, we, he's given us vocal cords, and I think it's time for us to use it. You know, there's been a, a great intimidation, I believe, come on the church, an apathy that has been on the church. And uh, you'll hear even Christians today talking about God, but there's many gods. When I was playing tennis and I gave my heart to Christ when I was number one in the world in tennis, and I remember going to Japan to play in the Japanese championships when I was playing and I arrived at the airport and one of the press people, there was about 50, 60 press people there and they said uh, uh, to me, oh, something's happened in your life. And I said, yes, I gave my heart to God. And this voice out of the press said, and which one? Because in Japan, there's many gods. But we look in our nation today, there's many gods. And uh, we need to be a voice of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of Jesus Christ, the healer, the deliverer, the saviour, uh, who he said, let it be here on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe that we're, we're living in a time that, you see, I said even this morning, governments don't govern. They are, praise God, for governments, but we need to govern in the spirit. When we govern in the spirit, we'll see an atmospheric presence we'll have many, many people come into Christ like never before. But when God's generals stand together and what you're doing in the city, I tell you, the devil trembles. He hates it. And when the fivefold come together, it's very, very powerful. And it's just like a natural army. 
When you look at the, the, the uh, captains, the colonels, the sergeants and majors come together, they get plans and strategies. Well, that's what God's army is, no different. And then the, the, the uh, ministers train and equip the troops to go into the city to take it. Amen? So thank you, Father. We just thank you, Lord, for Shell Harbour. Father, I thank you for what you've done and what you're about to do in this city. We just thank you, Lord, that this nation is the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. And Father, we just thank you. You sent your word and healed Shell Harbour and delivered her from all their destructions. We thank you. You sent your word and healed our nation, that nation unto you, that Jesus Christ be lifted up and glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've, the Lord gave to me to go back to his scriptures, a couple of scriptures I had this morning. I want us... If you have your Bible there, to go to Romans 8, 11. And uh, I just want us to look at that And uh, in Romans 8, 11. It says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. In the Amplifiers it says, And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You know, the Holy Spirit lives in us. If Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life out there, Christ the Anointed One lives within you. And you know, young people get hold of this from a very young age. Who, when you're sitting in school exams, who you got on the inside of you? Who, the Lord said, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. This word is alive and living. It's tangible and anointed. You and I'll pass away, but his word won't pass away. And that's why the word of God is powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. That's why we take this word and renew our lives and renew our minds. And as a man thinketh, so is he. That's why we take this word of God to become such a part of our lives. You know, if I'd known what I know now when I was young and I was playing in Wimbledon and, and playing tennis, I would have won six Wimbledons, not three. True. Because the mind's the battlefield and the young ones know it today. That's where temptation will come. That's where thoughts will come. That's where, oh, I'm not good enough, or that's where things will come, or somebody says something. The mind, it'll hit the area of the mind. But the Lord gave me something just to share. That's something I had many years ago, and I haven't actually said it for a long time. The Holy Spirit is in us. He is the artist. See, we are a spirit being. We live in a body, and we have a soul. Our human spirit, that when we die, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Your body will go under the ground, just like anybody else, but your spirit, your human spirit. And you see, the Holy Spirit of the artist, and he gave to me many years ago that your human spirit is a canvas. And you think about an artist. Holy Spirit is the artist. The Word of God is the oil. The brush is your tongue. This little thing under the nose here can get you into a lot of trouble or get you out of a lot of trouble. It's like a fire. It can cause a bushfire. And the tongue, it says in James, read the book of James. 
and you learn a lot about your tongue, about your mouth. It's a creative force. So the Holy Spirit is the artist. The human spirit is the canvas. The Word of God is the oil. The tongue is your brush. And I wonder how many times we've started to believe God for something and we think, oh, this is not working. And we've got halfway through a picture and put it to the side. Or we've got quarter, quarter way through and believe in God, oh, this doesn't work. You know, the Word of God is always working. Life and death are in the power of the tongue and we eat the fruit of it. Your faith will be no higher than your mouth. And now let's go to 2 Corinthians 4.13. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we speak. And uh, we have, it says, a spirit of faith. So our human spirit is a spirit of faith. The Holy Spirit comes to live in our human spirit. He's on the inside of us. The anointed one is within us. He's restoring our mortal flesh. He's on the inside. He's a divine person. When you think about it, how powerful. What a powerful group of people we are. We're powerhouses. We've got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling within us. We've got his resurrection power within us. We've got his gifts within us. We've got the fruit of the spirit within us. We've got his nature within us. You know, the more you meditate on those things, the more you start to realize what you carry, who you are in Christ. And I tell you, there's a time coming. We have to know who we are in Christ because he says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And we've got the revealer and everybody's looking for a prophetic word. Praise God for prophetic words. But we've got the greatest prophet living on the inside of us. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're made in the image of God. As he is, so we in this world. Whatever we are going through here, he says there, let's look at uh, in verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us as a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Whatever you're going through, God looks at it like as a light affliction. You're going through cancer with God, it's a light affliction. You're going through depression with God, it's a light affliction. It's overcoming, it's temporal. It's subject to change. What is impossible to man is possible to God. God can't move unless you release words of faith. That's all he'll move on. Hebrews 11.6 says, Faith is pleasing to God. As a man thinketh, so is he. You know, when I went through sickness... And I went through depression, torn valve of the heart, depression, insomnia, going back 30-something years ago. I tell you, I couldn't see a way out of that. I said I'd be on medication for the rest of my life. And I started to learn and I started to hear and grow in the knowledge of the Word of God. I didn't want anybody to pray for me anymore. I had my ha hands laid on me so much I should be bald like pasta on top. I did, because I didn't know how to get out of it. I only thought, 
You know, and praise God for the gifts of the Spirit. I've seen many people healed through the gift of the Spirit. In our church, we have two men who, who were in wheelchairs and healed today. And I want to say, just taking God's word is medicine. They're not in wheelchairs today. One runs all our, you saw 20 tons of food we give out. It's now 24 tons of food, but he runs all that. And another man just last year went into our Bible school. He's not in a wheelchair anymore. I went into Bible school and I started to grow in the knowledge of the Word of God. Life wasn't worth living anymore. I had four children under eight, great husband, a wonderful husband. He was there. He wasn't even a Christian. He saw my life become a mess. But he saw the restoration of my life. He saw the shipwrecked ship being put back together again through the words of the word of God. But you know, if I could say I'm standing here tonight, what was the thing that you did? I learned how to speak properly. I learned to change my life with my mouth. It didn't feel like it. I was going through depression. If you go through depression, your feelings control you. The feelings overtake you. You don't feel like getting out of bed in the morning. And I would say, and I know that's where that saying come from 35 years ago, was I used to say, how are you going? And I'd say, the best is yet to come. I didn't feel like saying that. My body didn't feel like it because I used to always tell my friends how bad I felt. And the more I told my friends how bad I felt, the worse I got. The more I told my friends that, the fear got greater and overtook my body. Life wasn't worth living. I said to the Lord, if it's going to be like this, I might as well go home and be with you, or I'm going to finish up in a home somewhere. I wasn't much good to anybody. And that was where I came. My life was nearly destroyed through wrong teaching. That's why it's important to have good teaching. And, and uh, I just taught yesterday afternoon on righteousness. Because sin consciousness and guilt and unworthiness and condemnation will hold you captive. I'm never good enough. No, we're made in the image of God. He said there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Righteousness means that we stand in the presence of God, free from sin consciousness, guilt, unworthiness, condemnation, inferiority. And I'm going in another direction at the moment. But uh, I, think, I feel it's important because, you see, if you're in those things, you're still living under the law, under the old covenant. And when you come kingdom conscious, when you come righteous consciousness, he, he said, awaken to righteousness and sin not. When you awaken to a kingdom mentality, who you are in Christ, the Christ within you, the Christ, the anointed one. And he said, awaken to righteousness and sin not. He said, be established in righteousness and you'll be far from oppression and fear and terror will not come nigh thee. I had so much fear and worry and care and stress that it was eating me up. And I started to learn and I started to memorize the scriptures. I started to wash my mind in the water of the word and where all those stresses and those cares and those worries and those fears were. You know, there's a scripture there that covers every one of them. And I started to rememberize them. My husband wasn't a Christian. He said, you sound like a walking Bible. But I was desperate. It's how desperate you are. How desperate you want to change. How desperate you are for that pain to go from your body. The Christ, the anointed one, is within you, and the anointed one lives within you. He'll destroy the yoke of sickness in your life and over your life. 
the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, making alive our mortal flesh, the powerful. God won't move unless you release words of faith. I would just want us to look at Joshua. And I know most of you know the Joshua one, but I'll probably bring it in a, a little bit of a different way. He said in Joshua 1.8 there, what did he say to Joshua? When Joshua had to go in and, over, and take the, a promised land, Moses never got into the promised land. Why? Because he struck the rock instead of speaking to it. He never got into the promised land. What did God say to Joshua? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Learn this, young ones, from an early age. What you speak is what you become. And I shared this morning about how when I was 13 years of age, and the Lord took me back to when I was 13 years of age. My family had no money. There was alcohol in our home. We owned nothing. We didn't own a car, asbestos, tin roof home. I had hand-me-downs. Alcohol, my escape was to the outdoors, loved tennis, didn't have a lot of education, hated school, loved the outdoors and sport. And somebody said to me at the age of 13, you could be the first Australian woman ever to remember it. I took that and everybody said, what do you want to do with your tennis? I'd say, I want to be the first Australian woman ever to be remembered. I could have done track or tennis. I was a very good runner. But I was closer to my coach and they put some things into my life and he could see the potential in me and they helped me. A lot of things I didn't get at home I got from my coach and his wife. They didn't have children. I remember painting net posts and marking lines on the grass tennis courts and serving in the kiosk so that he would coach me and I didn't have to pay for lessons. But I always remember I said that. I always wanted to be the first. That was my goal. That was my vision. Many young people don't have goals and visions today. That's why it is so important to have something in front, whether you're young or old. Have something out in front of you that you want to do. You can't do anything about your past. Yesterday is gone, but you can do something about tomorrow. So many Christians live in their past. Or so many Christians are always looking, well, I should have done that and that wouldn't have happened. Or this happened to me and it destroyed my life. No, you've got to get over it. Praise God for the Word of God. The Word of God is Jesus. If Jesus was standing here, then he is the Word of God. And you take him and put him into your life, he'll heal you of that abuse. He'll heal you of that rejection. He'll heal you of that shame. He'll heal you of that guilt, that inferiority. He'll take that fear, he said in the scriptures, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Well, I didn't have a sound mind. And I started to take that as medicine. And instead of memorizing all my fears, I started to say, I haven't got... And I had friends. And we got a group of friends around. We used to wash one another in the water of the word. We were all desperate. Say, by Jesus, the stripes, I'm healed. I'd say to my husband, he wasn't even a Christian. I'd say to him, just agree with me. By Jesus, the stripes, I'm healed. He says, I agree with you. <laughs> because in the scriptures, it said two or more agree on any one thing. It's done. Young ones, agree. Stand together for what you're believing for, for your future. Get around the word of God. Start washing one another in the word that the best is yet to come. 
and you, you'll start to see things, those things that had a hold of you, they won't be there anymore. They just drop off. I look back at my life in sport and what I did, and I look at it and I think, did I ever really do it? It's so far from my life today. And those things, you know, the Word of God starts to take the place of those things that once had a hold of you, but they don't have a hold of you anymore. And how powerful it is. What did he say there to Joshua? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So what is he telling him? Let it not depart from his mouth. Meditate it day and night. Meditate. What well, I learned when I was such a worrier and I couldn't turn my mind off, I learned to worry on the word. I worried on the answer. I needed healing. I needed in so many areas. We at that time looked as though we were going to lose everything financially. And I started to learn how important it was to give. Give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, running over. I tell you, at that time I didn't want to give. And I had fears in my life, but I learned how powerful the tool of the word of God and what God says, do it. He said, trust and obey my word and get out of the way. And you'll see there, the book of the law, not depart out of your mouth, meditate in a day and night, and you may observe to do according to all that is written within. Faith has action. Faith without works is dead. Faith is always now. The word of God is always now, whether you feel like it or not. And many of time, you know, at my age, I still play tennis. And, uh, you know, I remember that uh, when uh, sometime I was healed uh, through Bible school of heart trouble, depression, insomnia. And over the years, I remember there I hurt my hip and everybody around me was having a hip replacement at that time. And I'm thinking, oh, here we go. But, you know, I got the word of God in. I've learned enough about the word of God that it's marrowed to the bones and to the joints. And you, and you start to find there's a scripture there that will cover every area of your life. And I started to listen to the word of God. And I couldn't get out and, and play, but I'd just go down on the wall and I'd hit. And I'd say, no, devil, I'm not having any hip replacement. Jesus is my healer. And I just thank you, Lord. My hip is healed and whole by your stripes. I'm healed. And, you know, you want to have a hip replacement? You have one. You know, go ahead. I just found the word of God and I would take it. And for about three months, it didn't look like it. But I remember one morning getting out of bed and it was gone. And then I remembered another time with the knee. And, uh, you know, I thought, uh-oh, here we go again. No, you'll have to have knee construction. I thought, no. The word of God is marrowed to the bones and to the joints. And I thank you. The blood of Jesus flows through the bones. No, nothing wrong with my knees. I just took it over a period of time. I'm just teaching you something. Amen. And praise God for doctors. Most of us would be dead. And I'll just share with you about 12 years ago, and I went through cancer. Praise God. And I, I went in. I was very run down right in the middle of ministry. I was sharing with the pastor today. And uh, I went in and did some tests, had no idea. Uh, and got very run down. My word level got very low. And he said to me, he said, Margaret, you've got cancer. And he said, but I can operate on you. He said, 
within the week. He said, I'm going to England for seven or eight weeks. I'd like to do it before I go. So I had to make that decision. I said, yeah, I was right at that place. And so when I went in to go in to have the operation, they did an x-ray just before going in, and the, the, the guy on the x-ray machine, he recognized me, and he said, not good, not good, he said, in a bad place. And I said, well, I expect a good report. Because you know why? The Lord had given me a scripture, and I'm going to give it to you. And I won't go for much longer. I can go on and on and talk in this area. But I, I just want to give you a scripture in Psalm 91. Most wonderful scripture. You can play, pray it over your family. Pray it over your life. And uh, it says in Psalm 91, 14, And the Lord, I want to just say, sometimes when you're going through things, get into prayer. Ask the Lord to give you a scripture. When the Lord, the Holy Spirit is in us, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is within us, he'll give you the rhema word. That's why we meditate the word of God, so that the Holy Spirit is in us, that he can paint it on the canvas of our heart, that he'll give us the revelation and the wisdom of it. That's why we meditate the word of God. You might think, oh, I'm meditating this scripture. It doesn't mean much to me, but the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. He'll give you, it'll be like a light bulb uh, going off in you. And you think, oh, I've never seen that before. It becomes very, very real to you. It's alive. It's living. You and I'll pass away, but his word won't pass away. And he gave me this scripture, and I took it. And I knew it was my word that God had given to me, even going through an operation. And here he said, because he set my love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he's known and understands my name, has a personal knowledge of my mercy, love, and kindness, trusts and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him. No, never. And then it goes on, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I started to remind him that I had long life and his salvation, that I'd set my love upon him, that he would deliver me. Anyhow, I went in there. Anyhow, they operated. They got everything. And I praised God when the, the doctor came out two days later and he said, Margaret, we got everything. He said, you won't need uh, chemotherapy. You won't need radiation. I said, thank you, Lord. See, it doesn't matter where we go that way. Many of the time the Lord has healed me through the word of God, taking it for myself. But I tell you, you better keep your word level high because we have an enemy out there. The thief comes to kill and destroy and defeat. But Jesus came that we have life and we have it more abundantly. And he wants us to walk in divine health all the days of our life because there is divine healing through the gifts of the Spirit, but we can walk in divine health, taking God's word as medicine. It's our gospel pills. Just as a doctor would give you medication to take, it was going to keep your life. I tell you, when you went out to lunch and you were supposed to take it and at midday, you'd get in your car and you'd go home and get it. And you can take this as medicine. It will take you to great places. It will it'll bring you into places you never dreamt that you would ever walk in. That's what the Word of God will do. And that's why, you know, God wants, 
his young people, he wants his people in the mountains of the marketplace, knowing the word of God, who they are, that they can go into the political, they can go into business, they can go into the boardrooms, they know who they've got the greatest profit on the inside. You can get a word like that sometimes, you become a solver of knotty problems. God is in us, he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us. And who should be running the nation is the church. This is the great south land of the Holy Spirit. God's, God does not give us bad reports. He always gives us a good report. We believe the report of the Lord. He is Dr. Jesus. Amen. You have to deal with some areas of your life. And just one area I'm just going to go to. I believe I'll go to that area. I just want you to look at Mark. And we'll finish on that. Mark 11, 23. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes on those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. You know, it says believe once there. It says say three times. You'll have to do more of the saying because, you know, often we do believe, but we don't speak. A lot of people don't speak. He said, speak to your mountains. He didn't say speak about your mountains. You say unto your mountain. You've got sickness in your body. You've got pain in your body. You tell it. It doesn't live here because you've got the resurrected Christ living on the inside. When those doubts and those fears come of things in your life, whether you're young, whether you're old, Fear will come. He said, be not afraid of sudden fear. He said, no, you speak to it. Don't speak about it. Because the more you embrace fear, the more it will embrace you. And when I went through, well, I'll just finish on this. I tell you, I could see the devil standing in the corner laughing at me. I was like a bird penned in a cage. I didn't know how to get out of it. It was so horrific. Morning would come. I wished it was night. I didn't know the scriptures. But when I started to learn them, I started fear and faith are opposite. You need, if you have sickness, you have fear there, or you're going through cancer or something, fear will come, whatever you're going through. Or maybe I won't get over there. Maybe I won't come through there. And fear will start to come. You can have to speak to fear. That'll be one of the first things you'll need to deal with. He said, I haven't given you a spirit of fear. Fear is spirit. Word of God is spirit. And you're fighting the good fight of faith. But God has given us the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, to fight that faith, to fight that battle. And the Lord, and in Psalm 27, he says, The Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? You can have fears from when you're a child. Fear can be in your life in many, many areas. Or things been planted in your life and they've been there. But don't let them stay dormant. Deal with them. God's given you a way through the sword of the Spirit. And Father, I just thank you. And I could go on, but Father, I thank you. I just thank you for every person here. I just thank you, Holy Spirit. I just thank you for your word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. God is the word. And Father, I just thank you that people have such a revelation of the creative force of the tongue that we frame our life with our words. 
but they frame the presence of God in Shell Harbour with their words. What they speak over this city, what they speak out of, what they pray over it, what they carry. And Father, I just thank you for every person here uh, that's needing healing here tonight through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I just thank you. Let's just wait on the Holy Spirit. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Let your presence fall. Oh, we magnify you, Lord. No, we don't need any music. We don't need any music. Oh, 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 yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence. We honor you. We thank you for the name of Jesus above every sickness, every disease, every infirmity, every rejection, every grief, every depression. We just thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.